Hello, humans. It's been a while. Um, so this, what you're about to listen to, uh, is a little bit of a, it's an interview with Q, the manager at Cuisina inside of the George Washington. This is from the couple days that I spent with them to produce the uh, episode one of my Downtown Diaries series. Uh, that is linked below. Um, this is the first business that I am featuring. Several more of these coming up, but um, you can watch that episode. It is linked below. It's 15 minutes. Um, much, much different than what you might be used to. Um, yeah, give that a listen or give that a watch. Give this a listen. You'll learn a lot about Q here, a lot about his background, um, how he got here, how he approaches specialty coffee uh, in a new area. A lot of good information here. Let me know what you think. Enjoy. Q. Yeah. The one, the um, only. In Washington. Let's talk first about when your clear passion for coffee started. How the hell did we get to this point? Yeah, so um, it started back when I was like 15. Yeah, so I've been doing... Whoa. I've, yeah, so I've been, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I started drinking coffee at a really young age. Um, always kind of liked it, always kind of dug it. And uh, I remember in like grade school, probably like eighth grade, going into like my freshman year of high school, um, Starbucks was like the thing, uh-huh. right? Like I, I, ve- I very vividly remember like uh-huh. kids at school, cause there was a Fry's, a, a Fry's grocery store. It's kind of like a giant eagle. Movie, okay. Right. Um, and, and you were in Arizona. I don't know. This is in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So this is in Arizona, born and raised there. Uh, there was a Fry's grocery store, um, pretty close to like my elementary school. And so that was the thing after school, everybody would go to Fry's. Okay. You'd go to the deli and get chicken fingers and buy, you know, Gatorades yeah. or whatever. And there was a Starbucks in there. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, I remember always being, always knowing that I liked to drink coffee cause I would steal my mom's brewed uh-huh. coffee from, from home all the time and drink it. And I was already, you know, having it in class and stuff like that. But super frustrated because I never understood the menu at Starbucks. Okay. You know, because I would like walk yeah. in and I was like, what is it? I don't even know what these words are. I don't uh-huh. know how to pronounce that. I don't know how to say that. And I was always the kid who had to know. You know what I mean? Like I, it got me in so much trouble because I was always there like, oh, why? 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 Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And not because I was trying to be uh, defiant, but just because yeah. I wanted to know. So when I turned 15, um, I... I ended up wandering into a coffee bean and tea leaf, and for some reason that was the day that I decided I was going to learn what all of that stuff on the menu was. Uh, coffee bean and tea leaf is a, kind of like a more second wave style um, chain coffee shop in the West Coast. Okay. Um, smaller than Starbucks, but same kind same of energy. Same style, yeah. Sure. I don't know why this barista did, but he... I ordered an espresso from him and I drank it and I hated it. And immediately I was like, there's, in my mind, I was like, there's no way people drink this and like this, right? Like there's, the, like it can't be, this isn't good. What am I missing? I don't understand it. So then from espresso, we went to macchiato. And then from macchiato, we went to flat white. And then from flat white, we went to cappuccino. Then cappuccino, we went to latte. And this dude, this, this barista, don't know his name, could tell you where he worked though. And, he literally held my hand through like every drink and was just- This was all in one day? This was all in one day. Oh, I'm sure your heart yeah. was loving I was that. sitting in the back of the, in the, back of the mm. shop, 15 years old, <laughs> just hanging out. Yeah, dude, <laughs> juiced off caffeine, bro, <laughs> ripping. But yeah, he, um, 
he was super patient with me. He took the time to really walk me through uh, every drink and I still didn't find one that I liked. So then it was a challenge, right? It was like, okay, well, I don't like coffee, but I know a bunch of people do like coffee, like this style. Uh -huh. So what's, what gives, what's the deal? So I got on YouTube and I found a video by Chris Baca. Chris Baca is one of the three original owners of Cat and Cloud, the coffee okay. that we serve here today. Okay. He uh, was doing a series, um, and I can't remember if it was called, it was like the dial-in series or, you know, a, a, a something, a extract everything, extract everything series. And these, his goal with this was, yeah, it was, you know, like, a, like two to five minute videos, simple tutorials, just get your foot in the door with coffee. And so I found his French press video, and I'd heard of French press, I knew what they were, I, I, you know, and I knew that you could buy them at Walmart. So I walked over to Walmart and I bought a French press mm. and I walked back to Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, bought a bag of coffee. And because I'm watching this YouTube video uh -huh. in the back of the shop, yeah. right? Like trying to figure yeah. out like, what is it? I don't like it. So I'm watching this YouTube video and you know, it's Chris, is, Chris Baca and he's talking about like, you know, do, do this recipe, try it like this, full immersion, extraction, percolation, water temperature, electric controlled kettle. And all of a sudden it was like this new world opened up where it was like, oh, you get to decide what, how you want to drink your coffee. That was the start. That was the start. Huh. So I bought this French press, uh, bought a bag of coffee, um, went home and had like a, a bathroom scale on the counter trying yeah. to like use that to weigh <laughs> coffee and it's like in dude, ounces. This isn't even a pound yet. What am I doing? Exactly, to do? dude. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even, I was trying everything. You know, I'm like taking like a, a, a like a, electric thermometer and like sticking it in my kettle, <laughs> like trying to boil water on the stove top uh -huh. and, you know, just failing and failing and failing, but having so much fun. And then I bought a bag of coffee online from them. It's actually the same Brazilian coffee that I served all week here. The first bag of coffee I ever bought back in 2019. Super cool. No shit. That's cool. Yeah. For, so, uh, that was, that was the wake up call. It was uh, a peanut butter. Well, so what year did you just say that was? So I, this was, this was 2019, so this would be this would make me a uh, senior in high school now at okay. this point. So I'd been buying coffee from like local coffee shops and like buying okay, it from the okay, grocery okay, store okay, and okay, supermarket, okay. and still mainly brewing with a French press. Um, so then, you know, 2019, I, I was like, okay, I've played with coffee enough. I'm starting to realize that maybe it's the coffee I'm buying. So I was like, what am I going to do? I get on Cat and Cloud's website. I'm going to buy coffee from the guy who's been teaching yeah. me about coffee, uh -huh. right? And he doesn't know that, but I've watched his entire catalog, his whole YouTube video, and I've got this like foundation of specialty coffee in my head and no way to execute it, right? It was frustrating, so frustrating. Buy a bag, I brew it up, and it was the first time I ever tasted blueberry in coffee. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that was kind of the bells and the whistles started going off, and I was like, oh wow, like he's not joking. You can make coffee taste like other things. Um, hmm. without, you know, adding a syrup or, yeah. you know, yeah. artificially flavoring it. And from there I, uh, got in my car and I drove to, um, this new, uh, second wave coffee shop that had opened up called Scooters. Uh, Scooters is originally a chain from Nebraska. Um, super strange and it, it somehow manifested Nebraska. its way. Yeah. It made it, made its way all the way to Arizona. We had three okay. locations. Um, I applied for a job, I interviewed. Um, at the time I'd been working at a retirement facility as a server, okay. um, and before that I was working at a busboy in this, in this random like diner cafe. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, I got the job, 
and it wasn't so much about having a job, it was having access to real equipment. You know, because uh, now okay. I had the espresso yeah, yeah, machine yeah. in front of me. I had the peak grinder. I had milk pitchers. I had a way to steam milk. I had cups. Yeah. Right? So, like, I was both the best and the worst employee because I could have cared less about the quality of, like, how scooters wanted it done, uh -huh. you know? Because we were very, very second wave. So, we were pulling single shots, triple shots, double shots, whatever. And I was bringing my own scale to work with me, and I was bringing my own <laughs> coffee to work with me, and grinding it up and playing. And um, then I ended up buying a, uh, my mom bought it for me for Christmas, a flare espresso uh, maker. And it was a, uh, a non-electric espresso maker that was hand-pressed. It was leather, okay. leather espresso. It's kind of cool. That changed it for me. I started drinking espresso on the daily. <laughs> on the daily. And I mean, dude, I, like, I loved coffee so much. It was literally like, go to school, Right from you know seven in the morning till noon because I was a senior, so uh -huh. I had four classes. Go to work and work from twelve thirty to four, then go to volleyball practice from four thirty to eight thirty, <laughs> and then go back to work. And it was I didn't need the money. I didn't want. It was just I wanted to play. I wanted to play with the coffee so bad. Um, then, like, you know, around that same time, um, I found out about this joint called Pear Cupworks in Mesa, Arizona. My buddy Kim Ock runs it. Great guy. Super talented guy. And he served me my god shot. Every barista has a god shot. It is the best shot of espresso you've ever been served. And this was a Colombian pink bourbon. Um, I was 17. <laughs> and it tasted like red wine and brownie batter. And it was... Ooh. The, if not the best thing I've ever drank in my entire life. <laughs> I, I mean, like, dude, it was, like, I remember, like, like taking a sip and, like, looking at him and just being like, you've got to be, like, what, what, how? Just how? And um, so now I know that, oh, there's somebody in Arizona who's doing it, who has this specialty mm -hmm. coffee. I'm watching all these dudes on YouTube from California and from England and mm. from Australia and, I, you know, I'm not finding any of these coffee shops in my hometown, so I travel all the way to Mesa, I find it, and I was like, it's here. It's like, I got this now. <laughs> Graduate high school. Got somebody coming in. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, uh, graduate high school. I get in the car with my mom, my cousin, and um, her now wife, <laughs> and we drive to Venice Beach, California. Um, through watching, you know, hundreds of thousands of YouTube videos about <laughs> coffee. I stumble upon this dude uh, named Christopher Nicely Abel Alameda. Um, nicely. And it was just like, it was like, it's like the first time you see a Basquiat, right? Or like the first time you, you understand why, um, you know, any, any famous artist is famous, right? Like it's like that, like it clicks, right? It's like, oh. This dude had this, this mantra about him, this, this character that was just so true and so believable and, and honest. And then on top of it, he's a four-time World Latair champion. He only works six hours away from me. He's in his 30s and has been doing coffee for over a decade. He's everything I, I wanted to be. But I was, pushing, I was pushing myself away from it, right? I was, like, I, don't, I was like, I don't need to be a barista. I was like, I'll be a home barista, that'll be fine. Why, why was that? I graduated high school with a 4.6 GPA with a certification in phlebotomy and a certification in emergency medical technician. Uh, I was planning to go to college to be an orthopedic surgeon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
I I had worked, dude. Right, like the my, the founding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I spent, <laughs> I, you know, I already it's been like two years of my life learning about mm-hmm. medical stuff. I wasn't just gonna give it up to make coffee. Are you like, what? Yeah. Make coffee? What for a living? No, you can't do that. And so my mom gets me in the car, and for my graduation present, our. Was it something that you were like outwardly kind of just like, I want to do this, but this is the better choice or, and was your mom, how was all of the outside like support or encouragement? Like, how was that? (laughs) Yeah. So of course, all of my friends thought I was a goofball, right? They're like, dude, it's just coffee. Like, why do you like it so much? You know? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. They can think whatever they want to think. Yeah. Um, My mom, I think saw it coming. You know what I mean? I think, I think she knew that like whatever it was that I was going to do in the world, it was going to involve, um, serving people. Um, okay. Which is the, the biggest aspect of it. And so she was always super supportive. I mean, she, she bought me my first two espresso machines. She let me take up all the space on the counter. You know, my, <laughs> my, my other mom was buying me electric kettles and hand grinders and, uh, you know, every, every birthday, every Christmas was getting a bag of coffee. It was, they were very supportive. Um, I don't think any of us necessarily saw it as my career though. I was, I mean, I was a decorated athlete. I was a great student. College was the plan. It was, yeah. it was what I was supposed to do. Well, and like career barista doesn't, sa- mm-hmm. it's like career server. You know, it's like, they exactly. kind of fall, there's a couple of those things that are like, Oh no, these are like short term. You do these you things. Do this, you do this to get through college. Yeah. Right. And these then are short term things. Job. But then you find people that are like, actually, it's like, sure, mm-hmm. that's one route. Yeah. But there's also the people that are like you that yeah. fucking love it. I, dude, I, I like, I think, okay, so here's, here's kind of where it starts to come down to is I remember um, the talk about me going to college. And I, I remember sitting down at dinner with my mom and I told her, I was like, if there was a school for coffee, I'd rather go there, you know? and and. She looked at me and she was like, well, there isn't. So what are you going to do? I was like, well, I'm going to go to college. And she was like, what are you going to do after college? I was like, I guess work in the medical field. And she was like, you could be happy. I was like, I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, I, I know I love being a barista, but I've never tried being a surgeon. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not something I could just yeah, go try. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be good <laughs> or if I'm going to like it. And she looks at me, she goes, well, how about instead of going to coffee school, you make a coffee school. And that was like the first hit where I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like if you could get a degree in this, people would consider you to be a professional. Uh And then, you know, I'm young, I'm like 17, 18, thinking about this stuff. And I was like, all I want is to be treated like a professional, to be seen as a professional. Not because I'm ashamed of what I do, but because I'm upset that people don't believe that what I do is a profession. Yeah. Right. That there's and you'll, you'll find it, man. You'll find, like, you, you go out to dinner, you can tell when your server is a veteran server and has been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. That person is skilled immensely. Not anybody can walk off the street and start bussing tables. Like, they, like people think it's easy. They think it's, um, and I'm not saying it's anywhere close to brain surgery, right? But it's, you're talking about being on your feet for 12 hours. You're talking about yeah. being the guy everybody's got a problem with, you know, and to, um, yeah, so I guess, you know, to put it in summation, uh, so, I, I wasn't going to do it unless I could be a professional. So when you were going out to California, mm-hmm. were you going out there, like, what, what, what was this a yeah. 
trip to move or like what was? Sure. So, so this is kind of where that ties all back in. So I'd been talking to my mom, you know, often about uh, being a barista and loving coffee and sharing her these YouTube videos and making her lattes. And she knew that I idolized nicely, right? I mean, he really was the image of who I wanted to be. Um, she found out that he worked at Minotti's, you know, and knew it was like, oh, it's only six hours away. So literally the trip was my senior present was to go to Minotti's, my, my graduation gift was to go to Minotti's and drink specialty coffee from Nicely. Because you gotta think about it, man. I'm, I'm sitting at home with <laughs> all I have is the internet and forums uh -huh. to read. I don't have specialty coffee around me other yeah. than Mesa, which yeah. is like an hour and a half away. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm, I'm making stuff that I think tastes good, but I don't know if it's specialty. Uh -huh. I don't know if it tastes like his or theirs or that, or I have no frame of reference for specialty coffee. You know, like I, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm doing it by myself. So that's why I really wanted to go to Minotti's because uh -huh. I, knew, I knew it was specialty. There was no yeah. question being asked. Yeah. So if I showed up and I tried their coffee and it tasted like the stuff I was making at home, then I must be doing something right. So I walked into Minotti's, Nicely's apron was hanging up. And so I asked one of the recent, like, hey, is it Nicely around today? And all of these baristas are grown-ups. They're grown adults, uh -huh. right? In the late 20s, early 30s. How do you know nicely? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 17, bro. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, am I not supposed to ask that? I'm like, what do you, what do you want nicely for? I'm like, oh, like, oh, you know, I've just, I've seen his videos on YouTube. Like, I think he's a really cool guy. Like, I just was, maybe I kind of wanted to meet him. And they start dying laughing. They're like cracking up at me. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just, oh, I'm sorry. And they're like, yeah, he's not here. What do you want? And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, let me get macchiato, cortado, flat white, cappuccino, latte. And they're like, no, no, you're not. You can pick three. And I was like, all right, give me espresso, macchiato, cappuccino. And they're like, all right, cool. So I, I get all three of my coffees and I'm sitting in Venice Beach, California, right? Like, you know, close to the boardwalk or whatever. And I'm outside and my mom's with me and my cousin's with me and her wife's with me. And, we're sitting there and we're drinking and this guy walks up to me and he goes, he taps me on the shoulder, an older guy. And he says, uh, hey, uh, somebody wants to talk to you. Like, Who the fuck is this guy, right? Weirdo, like what? And I was like, no, no, I, was like, I think I'm cool, man. And he's like, no, 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 like, trust me. And he hands me his phone. I'm like, what the fuck? Hello? Uh, this is this is Q, like, how can I help you? And he goes, yeah. hey man. He's sitting in a random ass place. Dude. Hey. Somebody wants to talk to you. Here's my phone. I'm uh, outside. Like, yeah, bro. Like, what's going on here? So I pick up the phone and, hey, this is kid. Hey, man, this is Nicely. What are you doing today? What? <laughs> Dude, I literally, like, no joke. I'll pull it up um, just, to, just to add some proof to the pudding. Cool. So this is literally the video. So some random guy walks up to, this is me, 17 years old in Venice Beach, California. There's Minotti's right there, out front. <laughs> like literally, I'm just randomly here. Like, and so, you know, this goes on for about, that's my cousin in the back. You can see her, she's all stoked. So yeah, so this goes on, you know, for about a minute and a half. And, and basically what it turns into is, well, you know, how long are you here for? Like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, man. I was like, I'm, you know, I'll be here for a few more days. He's like, cool, cool. 
and he goes, well, uh, give me your phone number. And I was like, okay. You know, so I give him, I give him my phone number and uh, I get a text message with a random drop pin for a location. And so I'm like, no, I mean, this is my idol, bro. I don't want to look stupid, <laughs> right? Like, but you're a child getting, A, you have a random ass call. I have a like, random Hello, guy. I have a call for you. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Dude, right? Okay. I'm like, come to this location. Uh, I'm, I'm a child. I'm a kid, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what? And like, mind you, like- Stranger I, danger. Yeah, super, super. But hey, you know what? It, it ended up being great. So, uh, you know, I, I, this address gets sent to me. It's like fucking 45 minutes away. And that's without LA traffic, bro. Uh -huh. Like it's, it's far. We don't have a car. You know what I mean? Like we, we parked it in the lot. Uh -huh. where, you know, it's, we're not trying to drive. We're not trying to like, look at my mom. And I was like, it's like, I can Uber down there. She's like, how much is it going to cost? Like 150 bucks. And <laughs> I was like, I got you. So we, all four of us Uber that to this so cool. random location, right? I'm looking this location up on Google Maps, Google Earth, like Apple Maps, everything. Uh -huh. Can't figure out what it is. It's just the pin you know, of this building. <laughs> pull up, pull up, and I'm like, look, and I was like, what? that's, I was like, wait a minute. I see, that's an espresso machine. That's, that, wait. Walk up, nicely comes out of the door, and he goes, hey man. I was like, what's up, dude? Like, so nice to meet you. He goes, yeah, like, so nice to meet you too. Like, super busy this week. This location opens on Friday. It's Tuesday. So like I'm in a brand new Minotti's <laughs> that no customer has ever been in before with my idol behind bar pouring <laughs> latte art with him at 17, dude. Like just like a, like a gift. It really was. I don't know how I got there. I don't know why he decided to let me do that. Cause he, I, I thought this whole time in my head, I think he's the owner. Like oftentimes people think I'm the owner of Cuisina. Yeah. I thought he was the owner. He's not, he's just the lead barista. He's just me. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so like, I, I mean, I shout out to, I should know their names and I don't, but like the owners, thank you. Thank you. If you guys ever watched this so much for letting me do that. And so me and nicely, we pour, we pour latte art, we drink, we have fun. We talk about coffee, we talk about service. And at the end of it, mind you, I'd already signed uh, uh, volleyball scholarship to go to college. <laughs> okay. Looks at me and he goes, okay. he goes, so, uh, what are you doing this summer? I was like, oh, nothing, nothing. He's like, what do you got? What do you got planned for next year? And I was like, I'm going to go to college. Like, I'm going to Kentucky for school, play volleyball. And he looks at me and he just goes, okay. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, that really sucks. He's like, I can't be the one to tell you not to go to school, but if you ever want the job offers on the table. <laughs> so now here I am at 17. College or barista. Be, yeah, trying to make the choice between college and barista. And I like looked mm. at him and I was like, okay, man. I was, like, I, I was like, I have to go to school. I have to, it's all I know. I have to try. So I totally understand. Go do it. Find what's right for you. Sweet. So we leave. Obviously, I'm stoked. I immediately get on the internet. I buy like the exact picture that we used. I buy the <laughs> scale that we used. I mean, yeah. This is my first time using specialty equipment because uh -huh. you know I'm using an espresso machine back home, but it's like you know not top of the line. It's yeah. not a La Marzocco. It's not a you know it's not a Seneso. It's not. And you know I just like it was like the world changed. And and not only did I get to have that experience, but the coffee I drank there tasted exactly like the coffee I was making at home. <laughs> So I knew, right? I was like, I'm yeah. onto something. I was like, I, I, I have a, a knack for this almost. 
go to college, um, snuck my espresso machine into the dorm room, wasn't allowed to have it, but I basically convinced them it was a Keurig. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, there's no specialty <laughs> coffee in Kentucky, bro, like at all. Um, Where at in Kentucky? Midway University, right between Lexington and Frankfurt. Oh, yeah, okay. smack dab in the middle, and in a town called Midway. Um, and I, uh, so I had my espresso machine in the dorm room, I was buying local coffee, I was making coffee for myself every single day, I had like an Instagram account going at the time, like, you know, doing uh -huh. coffee in college, all that stuff. <clears throat> I had a, a DeLonghi Dedica E683, it was this little tiny single group, one boiler machine, and I drilled the portafilter out, I like custom fit gaskets to <laughs> it, I put my own steam wand in it, like, like, like I was making a lab, bro, it was crazy. And then, I meet up with this dude named Jet, and Jet was the only, he was from Kentucky, he was the only person there who looked like me. You know, like we both were longer hair, uh -huh. you know, kind of rock and roll lifestyle, whatever, and I literally walked up to him in the hallway one day and I pointed at him and I said, you look cool, let's be friends, what are you doing tomorrow? He's like, I don't know. And I was like, all right, well, we'll do something. Yeah. Long story short, he ends up becoming my roommate and I find out he works at Starbucks and so we start making coffee together every day. And then coffee for us turned into coffee for three, and then four, <laughs> and then five. And then I knew I had a problem when I could wake up at five in the morning to serve coffee to our equestrian team. We had an equine team at the school, so they would have to wake up super early to do uh -huh. their barn chores. They would come to our dorm room, knock on the door to get coffee, and we had a little like, donate <laughs> what you can jar. <laughs> dude, so it's like, dude, it's like five in the morning, I'm like in my boxers, slanging cappuccinos out of my dorm room for free, bro. Like there's, you know, people are paying what they can, but yeah. I loved it. Like I, I was like, oh my God, like you guys want my coffee? Like what? <laughs> I don't have syrups, bro. I don't have, it's not food safe. Like I'm, yeah. I'm literally walking like, a hundred feet down a hallway to the bathroom to like rinse out my like pictures and stuff, dude. <laughs> like no sink in the dorm room, no nothing, right? And I was like, okay, I can wake up at 5 a.m. to do this, but I can't wake up at 10 o'clock to go to class. I was like, that's a problem. Something's wrong here. Yeah, yeah. Something's wrong here. It's a good indicator. It is. And so uh, kind of a blessing in disguise, COVID happened and they sent us home. And um, that was, I'm, I'm so thankful that I decided to go back to Scooters. Um, I, I got home and I asked Lisa, the manager, a great person, literally like my coffee godmother, like she's <laughs> awesome. Uh, still talk to her to this day. Gave me my job back, which it was never up for grabs anyway. It was like, you know, yeah. just got my job back, started working there during COVID. And that's where we started to see this transition of how service industry people were being treated. Because we all of a sudden went from, you know, this is a job you have in college, you're just a server, you make no money, to you're an essential employee. Uh -huh. People need you, right? Like, you can't be at home hiding. Like, you've got to be in the kitchen making food because people have to come pick up food from you. Yeah. Like you. So the tide totally switched. Like, it went from being nobody anybody cared about to every customer being so thankful you were there. And that's when I saw it, right? I was like oh, we can be treated like professionals. Like people, huh. like the, the general public is starting to realize that we make your life easier. We are a convenience to you. Yeah. And not only that, but I really like what I do and I really care about it. So now if I get to express that to you, now you're stoked about what I do. You know what I mean? And like, 
and unfortunately, COVID has, you know, we've been through it, we've passed through, we're on yeah. the, you know, on the outer skirts of it. Um, I've started to see that transition go back though, mm -hmm. where people are, are, are almost starting to forget that at one point we were essential employees, Yeah, you know? And um, since then, man, coffee colleges have opened. You can go to school for it now. Uh, you can take online courses and uh, you can compete in world championships and you can win a lot of money and you can, you can go, you can travel the world, dude. Like it's, it's, there's nothing more I would rather be doing than serving coffee to people, I think. That is. Ooh, I should, I should interject there too. So during COVID, right, they said us home working at Scooters. Uh -huh. I leave Scooters to go to a new job because they, they told me they were gonna teach me how to roast coffee. That never happened. <laughs> I did, later in life I learned that place was bonkers. Crazy <laughs> place to work for. It was open 24 seven. Oh, it, dude, it was a nightmare. And I'm like 18, bro. So I'm like Russian. 20, okay. And so I kind of got, I got to a point with, with working at this coffee shop where I was working here and I was a frequent at this joint called Ground Control. Ground Control had a La Marizoko. Ground Control had good grinders. Great, Ground another Control, great name. Great name. Ground Control roasted their own coffee. And I was like, I gotta get in there. I gotta figure it out. I've been going to this place since I was like 14 to huh. get food and stuff. So like, I was like, I need to get behind that bar somehow, some way. I become friends with the lead barista. And um, I quit my job at Desert Eagle and I had started interviewing to be a phlebotomist. I was like, okay, I was like, I have the certification, I might as well use it, yeah. right? And I get my job as a phlebotomist, I work there for one week, and then I get the phone call from Ground Control. I'm like, hey, spot's opened, we need a barista, are you interested? Absolutely. So I was working seven, or I was working five days a week as a phlebotomist from, um, <laughs> from four in the morning <laughs> till, till four in the afternoon. Um, and then I was leaving there, driving an hour to get to Litchfield and work as a barista on the weekends. Which to most people sounds insane. It is, because it is. Yeah, it's stupid. Well, it's, it's, it's like, it's stupid because it's like, oh, you're doing, phlebot you're a phlebotomist. Yeah. And then driving an hour to go do the coffee do, thing. Do, yeah, go do, just go do coffee. Yeah. Like, bro, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Like, why right? are you driving an hour? Why are you doing that? What's yeah. that for? Because I, it's I like, couldn't. That's actually what I want to be doing. It's what I wanted to be yeah. doing the whole time. And this what is I paying noticed the bills was right like, now. dude, it went from uh, like, and I was not a great phlebotomist. I could draw blood really well, but like, to their standards, I, I didn't have it right. Like, they're you're too friendly with patients. You're too, you're too, you're not being professional enough. You know? And it was like, yeah. I, it was like, I get great reviews. Like these people love me. I, I try to make their day, but what happened? And I and I couldn't handle it anymore. I went from being the guy everybody wants to see at eight in the morning to the guy nobody wants to see at eight in the morning. The dude who's serving you coffee, you're gonna like him a lot more than the dude who's stabbing you with needles. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it was like, if I had a good yeah. interaction with this person, it was one in, one in 20. If I had a good mm -hmm. interaction with somebody mm -hmm. as a barista, it was 15 and 20, you know? Yeah. And so, and not only that dude, I was making more money as a barista. So it really, like, you know, I, 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 I'm 18, I have a 401k set up now, I'm like a, a certified phlebotomist, I'm taking CRT classes, I'm, I'm doing all this crazy stuff. And like six weeks in, um, <clears throat> I was supposed to be finished with my training and uh, the, 
the lady who hired me, she walks in and she goes, I took a real gamble on you. And I was like, yeah, and unfortunately you lost this one. Mm. She's like, why? And I was like, here's my two weeks notice. She's like, don't even give me two weeks, get out now. I was like, okay, cool. So I left Banner, I, I quit being a phlebotomist, and I went and worked <laughs> at ground control for the next Damn, like- That feels like such an uncomfortable interaction. <laughs> it was, dude, it was awful. But she was so, if you're watching this, <laughs> dude, she was so mean, bro. Like so mean. You're too nice to people. Oh my gosh, she made me like go around and like like tell everybody at the clinic I was leaving and like why I was leaving and she it was it was such a strange and they kind of like bullied me. It was like, "Do you know how much money it costs to hire you onto this team? This is going to look bad on me." Da, 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 da. And Tough all down. I could do was just be like, "I'm sorry." You know? Like yeah. That's maybe that's what happens when you hire 18-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm a teenager. Um, so yeah, that's then wild. You know, it, uh, so then I, I knew, I committed. I was like, okay, I was like, now I gotta figure out how to make a career out of this. Yeah. How, okay. How the hell did we, we're, I'm gonna jump ahead and skip a bunch of shit, but I'm sure we're gonna yeah, sure. pull all of the shit that I skipped back into this answer. Yeah, that's fine. How the fuck do you end up in Washington? How here? do I end up in Washington? Yeah, it's a great question. So, uh, I worked. And, okay, yeah, I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. How the fuck do you end up in Washington? So when I was working at Scooters, I met this chick named Kylie, and um, we kind of like hit it off, you know, she was, we, there was an interest there. She was the one who moved to the coffee shop that shall not be named, the one that was open up 24-7. Which I think you did drop that name, and I'm going to bleep it out for you, but... That's cool, yeah. I mean, you can leave it in there, too. <laughs> Screw that. They suck, bro. Um, yeah, that place sucks. So they... Um, she moved to that job and she started talking to the manager and was like, I know this kid who's, and mind you, this was after COVID, right? So I'm done mm -hmm. with school in my mind. She's like, I know this kid who's uh, really good at coffee. You should hire him. So I walked in just to go like visit her at work. And she, co she comes running out to my car and hands me an application and goes, go park over there and fill this out and bring it back. And I was like, okay, cool. So I did, I brought the application back and next thing I know I'm having an interview. <laughs> I'm talking to, to this lady and I'm telling her like, yeah, you know, I'm good. So I get the job. So we start working together at this new joint. Um, both of us hated it there, obviously. So when I left ground control, uh, or when I left, I'm sorry, the shop that shall not be named and went to ground control, uh, I brought her with me. Okay. Yeah, so she started working at ground control with me we started dating, so this is awesome. Now the whole time, my best friend is back in Kentucky, right, Jet, and I'm in Arizona, and he doesn't want to go back to school, he wants to make a living doing coffee, and so do I. So we were just FaceTiming, having phone calls with each other, I flew him out to Arizona, we went and we crawled, which is just like go look at a bunch of different coffee shops. Like, screw it, dude, like let's start our own then. So we started a coffee company called Spro's Coffee, um, S-P-R-O-S-E, and we sold uh, roasted coffee online, and we had that business for about eight months. And it was time for Kylie to go to college. Um, I graduated high school young. I graduated when I was 17. So even though I had already been to college and stuff, there's only like a year and a half difference yeah. between us. Um, so she, her mom had, was from Pittsburgh. Her sister was going to RMU. She okay. wanted to go to RMU. And I was like, all right, cool, cool. And then it was like godly timing, bro. Like, um, she tells me she's gonna move to Pittsburgh, and I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, I'll probably move back to Kentucky. I'll see you later, like, yep. no big deal. I read an article from the SCA, um, and I, it said, like, in the article, uh, it predicted within the next five years, Pittsburgh would become the new LA of coffee. 
I'd never been to Pittsburgh. I'd never been to Pennsylvania. <laughs> she was going. Well, I called Jet and I was like, hey dude, I was like, how do you feel about Pittsburgh? And he was like, oh, I have a bunch of family up there. I love Pittsburgh. And I was like, do you want to move with me? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. So I looked at Kylie and I was like, I'm coming with you. She's like, no, you're not. I was like, I'm coming with you. And then sure enough, like it's three weeks before the move. And she's like, are you still coming with? And I was like, I need a place to stay. She's like, you can, you can stay with my parents. So they live right off of Racetrack Road, right? So 10 minutes from here. And uh, yeah, dude, uh, in July, we moved, um, July 1st, landed in Pittsburgh. Uh, Jet actually did the drive with me, so he flew out to Arizona, uh, packed up my entire life into my 2003 Toyota Camry, <laughs> drove it cross country to Kentucky, dropped him off in Kentucky, and then I drove up to Pittsburgh, and then he was gonna come up after I found an apartment. Uh -huh. So I landed in Washington, I ended up working at Starbucks because I needed pay stubs, uh -huh. right? Some, I needed pay stubs yeah. to get an apartment. I knew I could get a job at Starbucks. So I, I start working for the Green Apron, which was, to me, in my <laughs> eyes, like 40 steps back from where I was. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it really felt like, like taking oil paints from a refined artist and giving him crayons. <laughs> you know, it was like, it's like, what do I do, eat these? Like, like, what am I, you know what I mean? Like, what is this? Um, from Starbucks, I ended up working for a joint called Mediterra uh, as their lead barista, and then from there, I left Mediterra and I started working for a company called um, DeFair Coffee and Tea. They're uh, at their flagship location in the Strip District. Uh, I started as their lead barista and that, I would say, has, was my first specialty coffee job because we roasted in-house. Um, there were professionals there who had been doing it for the better half of a decade. Um, there were people there who, this was their career. It was the first time I was around people who were also like me, trying to figure out yeah. how to do this for the rest of our lives. And um, started as a lead barista, I evolved into production roasting. I was really close with the head chef there, his name's Shane. Um, Shane was really close with the head chef here, Logan. Um, Logan had asked Shane to come be his sous. So Shane left DeFair and came here to be the sous chef and saw the space. Huh. Mm -hmm. Yep, so, so Shane saw the space and offered the idea of putting a coffee shop in here. So that's how this all came about. And that's how, that's how all of this started. Damn. Yeah. Okay, shout yep. out to Shane. Shout out Shane. <laughs> shout out Shane for sure. He, um, so this has been uh, my first, I'm 22, I'm, I'm a young guy. This is, this is my first run at being like a legitimate manager. Uh -huh. um, and he kind of had more faith in myself than I did. And uh, he brought me in on one of my days off to look at the space. I saw the floors and I saw the windows. I said, how much are you willing to spend? They gave me a budget. I priced out equipment. And next thing I know, my offer letter was in the mail. And it was, it was time, to, time to sign. So, <clears throat> you know, I sat down That's... with uh, the head roaster of Defer and I sat down with the owner and I was like, I, I can't even believe these words are about to come out of my mouth, but uh, I have to give you guys my notice. So I gave him a month because I love that place so much yeah. and you know, I didn't want to leave anybody high and dry. And uh, yeah, I, I came down here and, you know, I, uh, of course, when I had to start thinking about what coffee I wanted to serve, there was no other answer than Cat and Cloud. So, okay, so the nice, what, did anything ever come of that nicely offer? Dude, you know, it, I, I really considered it. Um, there were a few points in time where I thought that I was gonna go back to California and work with him at Minotti's or work for Minotti's in general. Um, he since has left Minotti's. Um, he went and helped open up a Dayglow location. 
Uh, he's no longer with Dayglow. Then he went to Miami, I believe, to help open up Big Face Brand, which is Jimmy Butler's coffee shop. Uh, the NBA okay. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Now he's back in Venice Beach at a joint called Hooked. Uh, Hooked on Venice. Very similar to what I'm doing here. He huh. is a booth, basically, in mm-hmm. a larger facility. Okay. It's, a, it's actually a fish market. Dudley Fish Market. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a fishmonger and a very talented barista slagging it out on Venice Beach, man. And he's doing great. Um, so nothing, nothing really came from that other than um, having a- somebody that, like, I'm not afraid to ask questions. Like, he's, he's literally seen me grow up with coffee. Yeah. You know, like, there's, I've probably asked him things that shouldn't have been asked. I've said things to him I probably shouldn't have said. But, like... He's never treated me like a child. He never spoke down to me. He always was looking to push and elevate. And this was really cool. So I go to, through Defer, uh, I ended up running the competition circuit and uh, started in Richmond, Virginia, placed third, went to Baltimore, placed 16th, went to Portland for nationals, placed 18th. Um, not bad yeah. for my first run. Yeah. Well, uh, one, of the, one of the guys I competed against uh, in Portland lives in Venice Beach and, and frequented Hooked often. And I get a text message one day from this guy. He goes, hey, you the barista Nicely was telling me about? And I was like, Nicely was telling like, me about chance. And I was like, maybe he was talking about me? <laughs> I was like, what, what about me? What do you say? He was like, oh, like, it just said that you, like, you know what's up and like, you, you have it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, I guess I do. And like, you know, I, that kind of just springboarded me into now, like, um, I have to, I, I look at my idols still as my idols, but in some vein, like they have slowly grown to become my peers. That's which so is cool. Oh, quickly ooh, too. Very quickly, man. Very quickly. So, okay, <clears throat> okay. So then let's transition a little bit here. Yeah. To like, how have you? Okay, so there's, you're kind of running this side. Yeah. Um, and there's the like passion for keeping the like the tradition of mm-hmm. the coffee or the art of it. Sure. How do you balance that with running something that is successful? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so it's, and obviously, like you've got other things involved. So yeah. like, it's not just you, but yeah. like. It's one of those things where, um, especially since this is my first run at it, I've had to be very okay with admitting ignorance. There's some things I don't understand, there's things I don't know how to do, but I'm not afraid to ask for help or admit that I don't know how to do this, you yeah. know, whatever it might be. Uh, luckily, the team here are seasoned veterans. Yeah. I mean, they've been. We're talking about people who have worked in some of the finest establishments in Pittsburgh, yeah. um, who are classically trained. Um, and if they're not classically trained, they've been doing it since they were 16, yeah. right? And so basically uh, uh, through all of the years of working at different coffee shops, instead of taking what I liked from each shop, I took what I didn't like and made sure I didn't do it. That's, yeah, that, yeah. that feels like a good way to, like it's easy to, it's easy to pull the, the good things. Yeah. But like at this point you've got a good feel for you've been doing this for long enough that like you know kind of what's good. Yeah. Yeah. But on the business side, like if you can just keep the mistakes out of it, 
it just makes everything way better. Way better. And way yeah. smoother. It's like, okay, here's the big things that I notice. As long as I stay away from these, yep. other things are going to fill those spots. Yeah. But I know to avoid these, cool. Yeah. Now I get to deal with other problems. Exactly, dude. That's the way, and that's the, kind of the way I look at it. So coming into this, the coffee was the easiest part of it. Oh yeah. Right? But then it was like, you know, there, I did try a couple of other wholesale accounts before, you know, I knew I was gonna serve Cat and Cloud regardless, but yeah. I didn't know if they were gonna be my mainstay. Um, and like even just calling uh, uh, roasting companies and like trying to have a conversation with them, it was, it was very obvious that I was this young kid, uh -huh. you know, and I, I, a few of them weren't very receptive to it or to what I was doing. Uh, yeah. And uh, that was an interesting battle. Um, but I knew, man, like I, I not even any other time I was working at a coffee shop, I was always doing pop-ups, right? I've always roasting my own coffee. Uh -huh. I was traveling to random establishments and serving coffee there. Um, so I knew it was like, all I need is this grinder and this machine, good water and good coffee. And I've got it. You know what I mean? And that's, that's all I need. And so what you, what you see here is probably the most bare bones coffee shop you could run, right? Like it's stripped back it's simple yeah. right i don't have a lot to offer um in the same vein that like uh chick-fil-a right you yep. got chicken and french fries but what do they do really really well chicken and french fries yeah you know you've got four menu items to choose from i do all four of them exceptionally yeah. well <clears throat> okay so um we've got so you're running the place hmm? um you already went through the like knowing when to ask for help. Yeah. What are some of the things that have come up that are maybe surprising? Yeah. That have been a bit challenging in, in either the balance between business and art or just the operational side of like, this is not something that I was expecting that is incredibly difficult. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. I think like the root of, of something that's a bit of a challenge and not in a bad way, in any sense, but it's my customer base. Um, they, uh, uh, especially coffee in Washington is relatively new. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a lot of time, um, for a lot of people, this is the first time that they've been exposed to it. So let's talk about that. So there's been plenty of coffee shops. Sure. In, I mean, in all of their, in their surrounding, there's yeah. tons of them. Yeah. Um, there's shit, there's now three, four, yeah just in Washington. On the same street, yeah, yeah, pretty much. So what's, when you say specialty, mm -hmm. what is different between, I mean, without, because all, all of the others are pretty similar, like this is different. Yeah. But what does that mean to people who are listening that are like, no, I've been to name the place. Sure. That's, that's a coffee shop, <clears throat> sure. that's a specialty cop. It's like, they're different. But it, what is that difference? Definitely. Um, so to, to cut it clear and dry, um, the label for specialty coffee primarily deals with the point value of the coffee that you are serving. So okay. coffee gets graded on a hundred point scale similar to like wine, like okay. how sommelier yeah. would do it. Um, so I believe, and I might, I need to be double checked on this because it changes, but I think the new rating for specialty coffee is 76 points and higher. Okay. Um, pretty good scores. Pretty, pretty good. So 
with serving coffees of a different quality, you want to represent them well. So this is maybe just a flaw in that system. Like, what's the process to get something rated? Because like, if sure. I'm a newer place, like, dude, my shit's good, but it doesn't have a rating yet. Sure, absolutely. So, so what, um, is this just not special? Or maybe, it, maybe that label doesn't actually it's not actually meaning anything. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of um, like the weird part of it is because you can definitely serve lower scoring coffees in a specialty way and make them taste way better. Yeah. So for me, like, w what it kind of comes down to is um, specialty coffee shops are they possess a lot of integrity for the tradition of coffee. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, we, coffee kind of went through this wave where it was a commodity, right? And then second wave comes in. Your second wave is gonna be like your Starbucks, mm -hmm. right? And thankful for them. If they didn't exist, I wouldn't, right? Yeah. But what happened was, is we went from, you know, drinking black coffee to now you can get, you know, coffee with a bunch of milk and any flavor you want added to it, uh -huh. and however many pumps, and decaf, half-calf, whatever you want. Then when specialty kind of came back, we were like, hey. Came back or? Came back is a, is, is a weird way to put it. I would say when it started emerging on the market. Okay. It went from, well, instead of maybe trying to add a bunch of stuff to it, what if we just tried to make the raw product taste as good as it possibly uh -huh. can? Right, so that's where we start to see this introduction of now we're weighing our shots, right? We're weighing the amount of coffee we're putting in. We're weighing the espresso when it comes out. Um, we are, uh, uh, our, our steaming technique is evolving. We're, we're learning to make micro foam. Uh -huh. um, we're building different equipment. We have different burrs, different, different espresso machines. So basically the, the, the root, the core of specialty coffee is how can I take just the raw product, just the coffee beans, uh -huh. and make them taste as good as they possibly can? So it's different, right? If, and, the, and the way this ties back into like customers um, is we have a lot of people in Washington County who are still drinking their Folgers and their Maxwell House. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the dark roasted Robustin coffees. Yeah. Um, people love them. And then when we took that dark roasted coffee and we added all this sugar and all this flavor to it, well, now it was amazing, but it's not coffee anymore, yeah. right? So when we brought it back, it was, hey, I'm serving you your Folgers, but now it tastes like blueberries and it uh -huh. tastes like peaches and it's got, you know, and it, it's funny because you'll, you'll, you'll tell somebody that you'll be like, hey, I'm serving a drip coffee today. It tastes like blueberries and peaches. And like, don't put any of that in my coffee. I don't want that. And it's like, no, I'm not adding yeah. anything to it. It's the coffee. It's just the coffee. So that's like the biggest barrier, right? And so what, what it relies on is me being willing to, and I don't think I've ever had it in the first place, but drop that pretentious mm -hmm. attitude, right? Of like, I know how to make good coffee. Like, yeah, sure, you like your triple non-fat white mocha, but like, that's not coffee. Who am I to tell you? Yeah. Who it's am like, I to tell you? There's a, there's a couple whiskey channels that I watch that are always like, the drink the whiskey the way you like to drink like the best whiskey is the whiskey the, you, like you like to drink, to drink the way you like to drink absolutely it. it's like, that means you put it on ice cool yeah you use it in cocktails cool whatever is good to you is good it's good absolutely. so it's like you're not wrong for liking starbucks the best not because at all. starbucks is the best to you sure exactly Excellent. so how do i bridge the gap there yeah so how do i how do i take you from from you know if you dig this how do i transform your palate 
um, into into you know uh, somebody who cares more about what's in mm -hmm. the coffee, right? A uh, really good example is there's this dude named Reezy. Um, Reezy was a frequent customer of Cat and Cloud when they first opened their very first location. Uh -huh. Reezy was coming in and getting drip coffee and going to like the creamer station and filling it up like halfway with cream, 12 sugar packets, chucking it in, whatever. And now Reezy only drinks espresso. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like it's like it's like how do we get that customer to yeah. to give up that sugar and that cream and go? And it's not they're not wrong for drinking no. it like that. I if if you want me, and this is this is another challenge. Specialty coffee costs a lot more, uh -huh. right? You're talking about paying upwards of thirty dollars a pound for roasted coffee, which is a lot for people, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So now, if I wanna use this coffee and it costs $30 a pound, I can't be charging $15 for a latte, hmm. what? You know what I mean, I can't do that, yeah. like just to cover my myself on that cost. So it's it's it has a lot to do with finding really good coffees that are still cost effective. Hey dude, and um, are still cost effective and still um, uh, true to specialty, right? So like, if I serve you a pour over and it, and that pour over is gonna cost you $15. If you wanna put cream and sugar and hazelnut in it, go for it, dude. I yeah. got you, you yeah. know? Give me, give me one second, yeah. yeah, I'm so sorry. But yeah, so, you know, the, the style that I serve is definitely different. Um, and I think what it is is making sure that my customers feel okay however they wanna drink it, mm -hmm. you know? Well, I think, it, like, just watching everything this week and just my experiences in here it's kind of like you do a really good job at meeting people where they're at yeah and like just taking it a step further it's like okay Absolutely. people that come in it's just like oh can i just get a coffee it's like okay cool probably yeah. not super into the like or knowledgeable in the coffee world sure cool so you get them their coffee and then at the very end you just Tell them where it's from. Yes, dude. And it's I'm like, I'm glad you picked up on that because that's super intentional. And it's just an intro that's like, that is, oh, wait, the fact that you're telling me about this means that that means something. Absolutely. And I don't know what it is, but it's an intro. Yeah. Because I don't really care about it yet. Yeah, yeah. But now I know, like, oh, he told me this is from fucking California. Like, okay, I guess maybe I should care about that. Yeah, sure. Okay. And even, even down to like origin, it's like, hey, this is a wash Honduras. Nobody knows what that means. Yeah. Like if you're if you don't know anything about car, you don't know. Yeah. But it's like, okay, well, you know, I came for this week and I got a washed Honduran, uh, but then you know next week that same customer comes in. It's like, oh, by the way, like this is a Guji Ethiopia. Yeah. You know, and it's like they taste it. And it's like, oh yeah, this is different yeah. than the Honduran, and maybe they don't know why or yeah. what's different, but it's different. Yeah. So immediately what you've now done is you took somebody who just wanted a coffee uh -huh. to turning them into somebody who specifically wants washed Honduran uh -huh. coffee, you know? And it's like, like first hit's always free, man. <laughs> you know, like, you're like, it's like, you know, you get it in and then yeah. next thing you know, they're like, hey, do you have any more of that Gucci around? Uh -huh. And it's like, I do, but I don't have it on drip today. I have it on espresso though. You wanna yeah. try it on espresso? It's like, well, no, maybe I'm not ready for it. How about we do a latte? Cool, dude. Now uh -huh. I just took you from being a drip drinker to being a, a uh -huh. latte drinker. Now you've, you've gotten a latte for a week, right? And it's like, hey, like, if you want more of that coffee to shine through, like, you should definitely try a cortada. Uh -huh. you know? and, and if you don't like it, let me know and we'll get you something that you do like. Yeah. But just try it. And that's what it is. You, you have to be so willing to give somebody something that they're going to hate. 
Like, and, and, you, and sometimes they do, you yeah. know? But opening that door to be like, if you do hate it, please tell me. Yeah. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. Yeah. Cause you know what? You don't know anything about coffee and I know that it tastes good. Yeah. But you don't like it? Cool, man. Let's get you something you do like. Yeah. And that's kind of how, you know, and so that's been like, I think the biggest challenge is learning how much I should tell somebody, right? And then knowing mm -hmm. like, oh, this customer wants to know about this versus yeah. this customer could care less. Yeah. And if they care less, dude, that's cool. Cause you're still gonna walk out with one of the best cups of coffee you've had. Yeah, that's cool. So that leads us into another part and we'll do this kind of quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, is the way that you interact with all of the customers mm -hmm. here. Um, it's, mm, it's all basically the same. There are some of those exceptions, but like, sure, yeah. leave that out. But sure, like, yeah. but the way that you greet people and wish people away or whatever you want to call sure. that, which is like, what is it? Cause it is different than, it's different than a lot of places. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it's not sustainable whenever there's a ton of people. But sure. Being nice to people is pretty, pretty sustainable. It's pretty easy, dude, like, yeah. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. Show people a little respect. Exactly. Like, is that something that you do consciously? Is that just you? Mm -hmm. Is that something that like some days it's like, all right, gotta make sure I'm doing this? Like, Yeah, dude, definitely some days I gotta make sure I turn it on. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, I even think you've seen it. You've, you've been my first customer of the day and yeah. I've been not all there, you yeah. know? And it's like, but I know you, we have a relationship. Yeah. So it's like, you can deal with the little grouchy side yeah, of me. Yeah, where yeah. It's like, you know, you still, you know I still care about what yeah. I do. You know I still care about you, yeah. but you know me now. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know me like that. So the way I kind of, the philosophy that I take on it is like, I'm your concierge, man. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, not only am I gonna, the, ah, this is gonna sound so pretentious, but the more you like me, the more you're gonna like the product I'm serving you. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, if you treat me like shit when I come in, I'm not going to like it ever again. No shot. No shot. You, why matter, would you? You can give me the best, the best co cup of coffee that's ever been created, yeah. and I'm still going to not like it because you treated me like shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and then in the same fold, I can give you the worst cup of coffee of your life, but I treated you well, so well, you'll come back tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, it's as weird as it sounds, um, you have to know as a barista right off the rip how somebody wants to be spoken to you'll see me i call it, it's code switching man it's it's what it is it's oh this dude's more my age this dude you know he's got tattoos it's like what up man what, what the fuck are you doing today yeah. dude? What are, you, what are you up in here but then it's you know it's an elderly person and it's like hey sir like how are you doing today yeah. oh that's so awesome like i'd love to give you a cup of coffee you yeah. know what i mean there's yeah. there's subtle changes and i wouldn't say that the persona that I'm putting on behind bar is different than who I am in the real world. Yeah. But it's um, just knowing who you're talking to. Yeah, like, dude. It's, the person, your personality is the same with all of them. It's yeah. just you talk to people in the way that is most comfortable to them or what you think That's is exactly going to be most comfortable. That's exactly what it is. Um, and that creates an environment that is mm -hmm. very welcoming. And again, it's like if you're coming into it's anything new like if i'm not super into coffee if i'm an older person that's not super into coffee can come in here and you kind of i look at the menu and there's like four things on it that are like i don't know what any of the f yeah. i don't know what these words mean yeah but i'm talked to in a way that's like okay i'm, I'm welcome here cool i'm not mm -hmm. put off it's like you go to some places not i don't have a ton of experience in the co uh, maybe that's not true i don't there's 
I haven't been to a ton of coffee shops that treat sure. you like this, but there's some of those other like niche items, like I'll use my examples, which are like gun shops, are sure. awful at this, which is like you go in, and until they know that you're into the thing, yeah, they treat you like shit. Dude, yes. And it's like, bro, I'm not coming back here. Yes. You might have a great selection, but you treat everyone like shit, and it takes me five minutes to let you know. Like, I prove to my, or to yeah, you bro. that I know what I'm talking about. Dude, like, oh my God. I can't hate that. that. Yeah. I hate that. It's, it's like, and, and it's, con you'll find it, bro, in coffee shops, especially after you've been a, a coffee person. Like, you walk up to a counter at a joint you've never been to before and you ask them, what do you have on drip? You're immediately gonna get treated different than the person in front of you did. Yeah. And like that to me is a problem, right? Yeah. It's, I, I treat every person who walks in here like they could be a, a top 10 food critic. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I, I think it's so important not to make people feel stupid. Well, and I think some of that is the difference between somebody being a barista temporarily and somebody who is treating it as a profession. Yeah, dude, this is my profession. Like there's... Because you can go to places that are clearly the... And maybe that is a difference between like second and third wave where it's like mm -hmm. second wave is maybe more of the like temporary like yeah, it rotation. Is. It totally is. Um, it's an easy, easy job for people to get out of high school that they're going to do it for six months in between school or whatever. Yeah. And then boom, we're out. See you later. Yeah. Um, where this is more of like, no dude, I want to be the best at this thing. Yeah. yeah. And that is a much different approach. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess maybe that's where some of that kind of stems from, mm -hmm. which is like, I don't want to just usher you out of here. Yeah. I want you to have a good experience because yeah, I'm a professional. Exactly. I'm not, this isn't just a thing that I do and to, I try to get through it from nine to five or from yeah. nine to two when my shift is or whatever the hell yeah. it is. It's like, no, this, I want to do this. Yeah, dude. It's, I mean, look, I'm, I'm 22 years old, man. Like I should be out partying. I should be still in college. I should yeah. be tearing it up. But I'm not, dude. I'm going to bed at 9.30 so I can wake up and be here at 6. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's nothing more, and I don't, that's not an ego thing. That's not to say that there's baristas who, who wake up five minutes before their shifting gate because I've been that guy too. Yeah. It's, it truly is just not even an option anymore, right? It's just yeah. like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Like, dude, I, got, I have it tattooed on me. You know, like, I mean, like, it's no joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's not leaving me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is a much different, um, just, um, perspective yeah. than what, again, it's like, it might be the difference between second, third. but I guess if you only live in a place that has a specialty coffee shop and that's, you probably and wouldn't be as welcome though. The thing is too, and that's the thing is like, I, I've seen it, man. I've been to some really dope coffee shops where it was just like ah oh, man that guy treated me like really bad yeah. <laughs> you know like it, yeah. didn't, it didn't feel good and then so sometimes it's really hard for me to walk into a shop and not try to like be this the industry guy yeah you know not try to be like the oh what do you have on drip today what do you serve my sport? sometimes i go in man and I, i'm like undercover boss yeah <laughs> you know what i mean i just want to see how you're gonna treat me yeah um and yeah, dude, it's, so it's really hard to specifically say what the difference between specialty and non-specialty is. Um, but at its core, it is like 
the experience that you're going to have in the four walls. Yeah. You know, it's um, those cups I picked for a reason. You know, like this, this coffee I picked for a reason. The yep. milk I use I picked for a reason. Uh, the tables are set up this way for a reason. Like, everything about this is intentional. Thank you for listening to this interview with Q from Cuisina. Uh, if you are interested in watching the, uh, the video I put together, uh, episode one of Downtown Diaries, click that link down below. Um, subscribe to that channel. There's going to be a lot more coming out. Um, the video version of this interview is also there. Um, yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for doing whatever it is that you're doing. Thank you for being a human. Have the best week of your life. See you next time.